0: I'm Karen Benke. I'm the founder of Juice Beauty. And what I love about beauty is I love the fun of the whole industry. I mean, who doesn't love to play with skincare and makeup? But I also love the science of it, in being on the cutting edge of the whole scientific process.
1: From New York City, you're listening to Beauty is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Welcome to Beauty is Your Business. I'm Denise Dente, and I'm here with my business partner and co-host, Jessica Quick. Hi, Jessica. Hey, Denise. How are you?
2: I am doing well. I am looking forward to this episode. As you know, I've been longtime fans of Juice Beauty and Karen in particular, so I'm really excited to get to spend some time speaking with her.
1: I am as well. Well, welcome, Karen. Great to have you on the show. Thank you, Denise and Jessica. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we have been really looking forward to this, and I think that one of the things that we find really exciting about you and your brand is your background and where you've come from. It's really exciting to think about the fact that you really started in health and wellness and took a journey that is really interesting. So we'd love if you can kind of share with us about your journey and how you started in this business.
0: Yeah, thank you. You know, there's so many beauty founders or owners that start at the beauty counter in New York or what have you, and they fall in love with the industry. That was not me at all. I built a career for the first 20 years in health and wellness and fitness. I started one of the first corporate wellness companies in the country in the early 1980s, right out of college. So that was 15 years. And then when I sold that company, I helped pioneer the whole corporate wellness industry. So And I was really focused on fitness and wellness and nutrition and all the cutting-edge areas of that. So, I'd spent twenty years in health and wellness, yet I had never ever read a beauty products label. I had worked with some of the leading nutritionists and fitness experts at Stanford and u c Berkeley and you know a lot of leading institutions, so I knew a lot about ingredients and a lot about the industry. but I was just slathering anything all over my face and body while in hair while I was doing triathlons and eating organically and et cetera et cetera so It wasn't until, well, I met my husband kind of late, so (laughs) it wasn't until I had my babies in my 40s that I actually turned over a beauty products label and read it for the first time. And I was astounded at all of the ingredients in there. And it went from kind of horror to, oh my God, I can do this better to a positive place and buying the name Juice Beauty and then starting it from scratch.
1: That's a great story. I think part of what we find so fascinating is this idea of we've got wellness and health and fitness and beauty, and that's all recently been kind of morphed into one industry, which has been fantastic, but it didn't always start out that way. And you really have pioneered and been on the forefront of this clean beauty movement, before many, many people. So we're really impressed by that and would love to talk a little bit about the farm because that's a really exciting part of who Juice Beauty is. So can we talk a little about that?
0: Sure. On your first point, you know, it never occurred to me to not have healthy products and be environmentally responsible because that was what I was all about. I've dedicated my life to health and wellness and fitness and environmentalism. And we can talk a little bit more about that later. But so that to me was how you should run a business If people. It's pretty well known that, and there's so many studies that show that what you place on your skin, it's absorbed. Your skin is the largest organ. So it just made sense to me to do that. Although the bigger companies have gotten on board a little bit more lately because consumers are driving it. So yeah, our farm, and I'm at the farm today. It's just amazing. Just to tell you how it came about first, we've had so many celebrities following us. And so we had a beautiful relationship, still do, with Gwyneth Paltrow. And she was our creative director for three years and still a shareholder and all that, but not involved in the day-to-day business at all. And but coming off of that whole campaign, I wanted to make sure that we were known as a Northern California brand, not a Hollywood brand, but as far as where our ingredients come from and what we stand for. So and I love Southern California, don't get me wrong. We use so much grape and so much olive and from the rich Sonoma County valleys in Northern California that we really wanted to spread that message more. So I thought that we should have our own farm. And of course, not to take away from our amazing organic farmers that we buy from all throughout the Western region of the United States, as we still do, of course, thousands of ingredients. But for some of our main ingredients, like grape and olive, I really wanted to grow our own. So we searched and we found the most stunning 20 acres in Sonoma County in Healdsburg in a place called Dry Creek Valley and it has some of the best soil for growing grapes and we're up on a hillside so the view is stunning and everything is just spectacular and we not only we've been converting it to an organic farm it was the fifth level of sustainability and we've been converting it to certified organic so there's no glyphosate, Roundup on the farm whatsoever, etc. cetera. So Farm to Beauty, what it means to us is center for innovation, center for inspiration, a center where we can really delve into the science. We're growing the highest antioxidant level grape for the skin in the United States and maybe the world, working with a UC researcher. And it's just a place that people can also come and see our brand come to life.
2: What I'm curious about, you touched on a little bit. So obviously pioneering this and starting with this, and then even with the farm and how you've evolved with where it began and now becoming and working towards being certified organic, so many, like Denise said, so many large legacy brands, as well as new brands have come into this clean and green space. And do you feel like that has helped the juice beauty message, or do you feel like there's a little bit of both, because with that comes this greenwashing or some other terms that you guys have been trying to make sure you really
0: live up to. It's really been mixed. So, um, you know, when I started 16 years ago, the word was natural. And again, we've been beyond that always. We, we've been um, authentically organic ingredients because all of our products are 72 to 98% total organic content. So we meet the USDA National Organic Program laws in the United States for that. So we've kind of stayed out of that fray, but so it was kind of natural. Then the word natural got slammed by consumers and blogs, as well as some lawyers in California and New York. So then clean popped up. And so that word, I think, I don't know if it was because it coincided simultaneously with the different, you know, the younger generation the younger generations demanding authenticity and transparency, which is awesome for us. Or what, the clean kind of stuck and got out there a little bit more. And so it has been mixed because it's good that Forbes and L and Cosmo and everyone is they've called this the OG. And I didn't know what OG stood for, and my team told me originally it was original gangsta, so I didn't know if that was good or bad, but they told me it was good, but they were going to change it to original green. So anyway, it was good for us being called the OG by these major news outlets, but it's been mixed because I think it's confused the consumer a little bit more because they might think now everything that's labeled clean is on an equal playing field to Juice Beauty standards, and we really take it all the way to you know, certified organic ingredients to limit pesticides for high antioxidant levels for your skin, but also to limit pesticides for humans and animals and the planet. And then sustainable packaging, no synthetic dyes, no synthetic fragrance, all the endocrine disruptors that that happen with those ingredients. We don't use any of that. So we take it so far. You know, I think it might be confusing with the consumers if they think that clean means a, a level playing ground, which it really doesn't.
1: I'm curious from a business point of view, On that and having those high standards, what is it like trying to source ingredients, run a business, do it profitably, stay in stock, all of those normal challenges that any business has, and then on top of it to have these extraordinarily high demands. From a business point of view, what's that like? That
0: was an amazing challenge 16 years ago. So The supply chain wasn't nearly as developed then. It was extremely difficult. It was extremely difficult to find someone originally to formulate with organic botanical juices as a base because all the chemists were accustomed to formulating with water for the naturals or clean, and then glycols, petroleum glycols for more conventional chemical brands. And they thought I was crazy, starting with organic aloes and grapeseed and jojobas and then it took us years, step by step by step. And, I, you know, I guess we've helped pioneer this. And for every ingredient that we thought was could be toxic for humans, animals, or planets, we found an alternative, So, which was extremely time-consuming. So, for instance, for... Synthetic fragrance, we started using plant oils for synthetic, and that had been already done a little bit. but for synthetic dyes, we really started using crushed roses and lots of different vegetables for our mascara and things. We use the deep uh, argon black from argon husks and the deep purple of purple carrot, for instance, which you know is really unique. but for our skincare, which is the majority of our business. To get that slip and feel of silicones and dimethicones, which conventional chemical brands use, which are all those little, and all those little beads and things running across your skin, which feel good, but don't do anything for your skin or the environment. We started pioneering coconut alkanes and grapeseed and things like that. And it took a long time. And to get the stability and for years, we were the only people buying a lot of food grade or a lot of plant and food grade items So now this supply chain, of course, is much more developed, but then COVID hit, it's been challenging. So you have to be mission driven to take it all the way because sometimes you just can't release a product. For instance, with retinol, our stem cellular retinol serum has been a huge hit. We came out with it last year and it took us a long time to come out with it. So we combined vitamin A retinol with bioretinol, which are four plants that are combined to have the effect of retinol. And then instead of encapsulating it in aluminum stylus or toxic ingredients that are often used, that are often not listed on the ingredient label, we spent a long time, several years trying to figure out how, and we did it, figuring out how to encapsulate it in evening primrose, which is an essential fatty acid, which is great for your skin. And that product has been such a huge hit. So it's a labor of love and and it's easier to slam out cheap fillers and products that you don't have to work so hard at and spend all the money on marketing. But I think those types of things are done by people that aren't as mission driven as as we are.
2: Absolutely. You mentioned earlier to using organic farmers and buying the food grade. So is that essentially what you have built is this essentially this microcosm of organic farmers? Is that really where you have developed and been able to get Your ingredients the way you want them?
0: We have. We have great suppliers and great organic farmer suppliers, and we have great labs that also have these relationships with suppliers. So our goal is always as we grow and develop to get closer and closer to the supply chain so we know everything about it, and that's our goal. So from day one, we've always looked at how things are processed so how the organic oils are processed you know that they're cold-pressed and not processed with hexane and and things like that so and all that is super important to us but again doesn't have to be listed on the label so the dirty little secret and beauty also is that one word on the label perfume or fragrance by law can contain over 100 140 100, I think the average is 140 ingredients many of which are known or carcinogens, so many of which are endocrine disruptors. So that type of stuff is so important to us. You'll never see that on our labels like fragrance or perfume, first of all, because we don't use synthetic fragrance, but we list all of our plant oils and things so that provide nice aromas.
1: Wow. Considering you were really one of the first or began this pioneering process of using organic, using juices and so forth, what were some of the challenges getting that message out in the early days and probably still today? Convincing people that this is the way to go and retailers to pick up a brand like Juice particularly in the early days, because I have uh, heard some of your stories about knocking on doors and ringing phones, and would love to know the tenacity that it took to convey this message to get distribution out there.
0: Yeah, it was hard. And you have to have that kind of entrepreneurial, I will not give up and I will overcome all obstacles type of personality. It was after we got past the original formulator issues, you know, I finally found a scientist to work with us. If I bought him a freezer, which I did, because he was like, who wants to have all this organic juice in my lab? And I said, well, you do. He's like, well, I don't have anywhere to store it. I said, well, I'll buy you a freezer. So anyway, but after we overcame that hurdle and I finally found a, a scientist that could figure this out, it was finding retail outlets. And this was before the dot-com you know era of buying beauty online. So Pharmaca was one of our first retailers. And it's a small chain of wellness pharmacies, and they got it. You know, they went, oh, my God, this is right down our alley. And we have a few natural brands, and we'd love to have an organic ingredients brand. that That's amazing. So they were one of our first retailers. And, of course, pretty soon after we started JuiceBeauty.com online, beauty was tiny at the time. And then what our real big breakthrough was I basically stalked the CEO of Ulta Beauty. <laughs> so, and the then CEO, and this was, gosh, probably at this point 12 years ago, And I'm from the Midwest, I'm from Michigan, and I was visiting my family in Michigan. And I kept calling his assistant so many times, I thought she was going to hang up on me. And pretty soon she finally said, for dear Lord's sake, he's having breakfast at this restaurant, he'll give you 10 minutes, you know. So I said, oh, I'll be right in the neighborhood, which, of course, two hours later I was there, or three hours. And I convinced him to, I said, look, this is the wave of the future, and it's going to resonate with your customers And he said, Wow, it makes sense, but I'll try. I think at the time they may have had 400 or 500 stores. And they said, We'll try you in 50 stores. We're going to scatter it from coast to coast, which meant we couldn't visit them all. We only had a handful of people. And let's see how you do. And I'm just like, Okay. (laughs) But we did really, really well, uh, coast to coast in the heart of the Midwest. And then we went all store. And now we're in Ulta Beauty's uh, 1200 door. So they were an early adopter in putting the stake in the ground with, they wanted to provide their customers with an alternative and they wanted, I know they still feel that we set a high standard for all their brands. So they've been a great partner with that. It was very, it was very difficult.
2: So 11 or 12 years in Ulta is no small feat as we know. What has been some of the things that you have done to stay relevant in Ulta, not get kind of changed out. Are there some strategies or some things that have been done to help maintain that partnership and keep juice there on the shelf for us to come find?
0: Yes. Well, first we always try to help them with being on the cutting edge of what's happening in our world and in the natural, organic, clean beauty world. So that's, I think, been helpful to the Ulta Beauty executives and top management, our buyers, but it's customers that are voting. So We've done really well there. We've been a top ten skincare brand. We fought our way into the top ten, which was really hard as an independent brand, because most of the brands there are owned by Estee Lauder, Shiseido, or Unilever, L'Oreal, et cetera. Even if they have a small niche name, they're they're one of their brands. But I think it's innovation and efficacy is what has been the name of the game for us. So from day one, I set the standard of we will not come out with a product unless it meets or exceeds conventional chemical results. So if it didn't meet or exceed conventional chemical results, forget it. We're not doing it. That was a big standard for us. We knew we could beat the clinicals and everything of naturals and but we 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 were going after those hardcore conventional chemical brands that people have been buying for years and that can have some, you know, visible results on the skin but in my opinion have too many toxic ingredients that, you know, you don't want to use. So my goal was to have better results but to have the healthiest ingredients. So it was a win-win-win that you're getting the results on your skin, you're winning by what you're absorbing into your body is healthy, and then you're winning environmentally with organic ingredients and sustainable packaging, et cetera. So that was the goal. So it's really the customers just voted. And I think customers vote on uh, results and innovation.
2: Absolutely. No, we have found the same, that it is the customer draw that is going to keep you there, but it's also a lot of back end hard work. It doesn't go without saying that it takes, you know, the constant packaging, messaging, signage, the real management of the account in order to keep it keep it growing.
0: So I think that's an a, an insane accomplishment. Well our team is amazing. And we have Mass and Amy and Hillary and Melissa and I don't know, who am I forgetting that run our Ulta business on a day to day basis? And then Sandy in Canada with Sephora, Sephora International, and Sarage International. And then we have our whole supply chain team Rebecca and Kimmy and, and Debbie. It's just amazing. We have an amazing group of people. Our creative team that makes our planogram look pretty, you know, and our packaging. I mean, our just an amazing, amazing team. So some of which have been with us from gosh, average from five to fifteen years. And then of course we've had some of the younger ones turn over, you know, but some turnover is good. And some great stability is good. So I feel like we're in a really good place now where we have just, oh my gosh, our team is is really spectacular. And
2: it is. It's a team effort, right? It takes an entire team to make it happen. And It is true and it's a combination and finding that right mix between the stability and also the newness or the freshness. And I have to imagine, especially with the last year that all of us have been through, when your partners like the Ultas and Sephoras and so forth weren't placing orders because their doors were shut, what did you and the team do to kind of really figure out Okay, what's the next step? Did you already have a scenario in place if that happened? What did you do as a team to really push through 2020 and 2021?
0: We're doing really well. So that's number one. But I tell you what, it was hard. And maybe some people in beauty, it wasn't hard at all for, I don't know. But I got to tell you, I think it was hard on everyone. It was tough on us because we were known as the in-store brand. We really excelled at events. We host events all over the country. So when all the stores closed because of COVID, 1,200 Ulta's, Sephora International, Mecca, Australia, etc., our biggest retailers, that was pretty tough. I mean, we do have a healthy online business with JuiceBeauty.com and Amazon Luxury and, of course, Ulta.com and Sephora International. We also have a very healthy in-store business, so it was hard. Health aside, we didn't have anyone that really suffered from COVID at Juice Beauty that I know of. But health aside, it will actually in the long run help our business because it's really forced us to focus on digital more and social media more and, and things like that. So we had to shift and that we continue to shift. So, but the supply chain issues are, I can't even, it's unbelievable. The minute you think you have one thing solved, then there's no truckers or what have you. Hopefully it will, I don't, I don't even know. I, it's got to get better.
2: We agree. I mean, the funny things that we, you know, if anyone told me five years ago, I would be on the phone trying to find drivers for a truck from the port. And I would never have imagined that was a beauty marketing role, but yet here we are, right? Whatever it takes. And like you said, the entrepreneurial spirit, whatever it takes to get that final piece done. Denise and I always laugh the last 10% always feels like the hardest and You do everything possible to get it done. It's been a year for all of us. And and I do love that Juice Beauty, you're focusing and switching, or not switching, but your focus has moved to digital. I was reading recently, even your own kids have actually started to come with some of the social piece, as I understand, or coming and really bringing into Juice Beauty. Are they becoming more a part of Juice Beauty? Are they a little bit more arm's length? It's mom's company
0: Well, they have been involved all through high school. Both of them interned at Juice Beauty. And so Jake, our son, was actually, he interned a little bit more. And he was incredibly helpful in the whole supply chain and warehousing and some internet projects and just that whole area, incredibly helpful. And then he has not been as involved lately. He's now uh, 23. And then our daughter, who's 22, and she's a senior at Duke, she also interned at GSPD and has been involved more just on the side, helping me understand social media throughout the years. And particularly as a girl, I think she's on her phone more and, you know, she's probably on social media more. And so she's helped me understand when Instagram kind of hit, I was like, what in the heck? And then TikTok and, you know, so she really helped me understand that a lot. And then she also is on our social channels a lot and she'll give me immediate feedback from her and all of her great crowd at Duke as said, oh, that was awesome. That was a good hit. Or "Eh, you guys missed. No, no, no. And then, and it's really good feedback. So she's in engineering and around a lot of math students. So we've used uh, some of the Duke math students to compile a lot of our statistics as far as, you know, the number of tons of petroleum we've not used in the last decade or the number of tons of pesticides we've avoided. And so it's been kind of fun to work with the Duke students to help with that. So, you know, it's a family affair, I tell you. And my husband, he's a cardiologist, has never been involved in Juice Beauty but until a lot more recently. But he's always thought about it. And, of course, it's always a dinner conversation. But when we bought the farm, he was retiring from cardiology. So He now manages our vineyard and in managing getting the grapes off the crops over to our labs and into the products. So, you know, he's golfing also half time, by the way, but he's he's golfing and managing the vineyard. So, and it's so science um, intense that it's been a great transition for him. So yes, this has been, our whole family's been involved.
1: It does. It sounds like everybody's got a role and you consult with a lot of different people to get feedback and so forth. So that is amazing. With regards to that, knowing that you have really come from the background of fitness and health, and boy, when I think back, I had the pleasure of meeting Deborah Zayke from Rancho La Porta, Golden Door, and I think back to her starting in the 1940s with organic farming and health and wellness. It's come a long way. It has come a very, very long way. So you've been a big part of that. Who in your circle of friends, family, have really inspired you during this journey of bringing Juice Beauty to market?
0: My inspiration really comes from within. I get up every morning, and I got that from my mom. She had a motor in her, I swear to God, till 90, and then she started to slow down. I just got a lot of energy. I have to work out every morning to kind of calm myself down, you know? And so I get up every morning really inspired to just go at it. And then, my team, I just don't want to let them down. I just always want to lead and and try to help them. I'm sure that I irritate them because I'm always like let's go let's go let's push more." But I'm always thinking about how I can make it easier for them or how we can push the edges of the envelope more. My inspiration comes from just things that have happened to me in my past, and just one from not being dealt the best health card in the world when I was little and overcoming a lot, but secondly. You know, Growing up in one of the smallest towns in Michigan, or a small town in Michigan, the whole Battle Creek area, our area was a home, unfortunately, to the largest PBB spill in the history, I think, of the world, definitely of the United States. And PBB was accidentally mixed into the cattle feed, and that whole region, the milk, the cattle, everything was loaded with PBB, Emory University is still studying that area, and it's easy to find online. When they started drawing everyone's blood on my campus in Michigan during college, I thought, wow, this isn't great. And the cattle and chickens, everything, they were dead alongside the roads. And it just had such an impact on me. And I come from a lot of farmers in my family, too. And I just thought, this is awful, you know, awful for everyone, the farmers, the cattle, the animals, of earth. And then I read uh, Rachel Carson's Silent Spring. That had such an impact on me that someone could create such change. And one of the reasons our daughter's name, Rachel, is because of that book, Silent Spring. But so those are the types of things that inspired me. And I'm now an organic pescatarian. I've tried it all. (laughs) And so becoming a vegetarian in the late 70s in college in Michigan in the heart of farm country was so unpopular so unpopular with boys to get dates, everything, you know, <laughs> I stuck my neck out there, but those are the types of things that inspired me and in, in really kind of learning from looking at these terrible things, but then turning it to the positive, you know, really trying to turn it to the positive and into a whole positive, you know, movement. So
2: no, I've it's such a fascinating evolution and it just, what I love is, is it's so ties in it makes so much sense now connecting all these dots about who juice beauty is and who you are and what this company is and i think that understanding a little bit more through this conversation has been a real eye-opener so thank
0: you for sharing so much of that
2: if people would like to get a hold of you is there a way they can connect
0: sure they can message us at juice beauty on instagram or juice beauty on facebook We do have people on TikTok, but it might get to me a little faster if it's Instagram and Facebook. And then, of course, we have customer service at JuiceBeauty.com. We have a great customer service group. I can't thank you enough, Denise and Jessica. This was such an interesting conversation.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. We've loved having you. And there's so much more to know about Juice Beauty. So I do hope people will look you up online. And I do follow you and love the videos that you yourself produce. So
0: awesome job. My team, they made me set up Juice Beauty Karen on Instagram. I really try to remember to post. Well,
2: thank you very, very much.
0: Thank you, Jessica and Denise. Thank you so much. This has been
1: Beauty Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.